Hello, everybody. This is Pastor Joe of Word of Prayer Cultural Center in Largo, Maryland. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to our podcast. It is my prayer that you are both blessed and enriched by what you hear. Feel free to share with friends and family, and also feel free to follow us on our social media outlets, Facebook and Instagram. Our social media handle is at Wopsy, W-O-P-C-C. Visit us online at wopsy.church. God bless and happy listening. All of the Wopsy family and guests, shout out to you all in the house and those online as well. It is so good to see your smiling faces through your mask. Amen. 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 And happy Mother's Day to all women. Um, not just mommies in the biological, but women here on earth need to be celebrated for all that you are to our lives. Amen. So happy Mother's Day to all females in the house. Amen. Amen. I will not be before you long, but I know that the Lord is going to come to you strong. Amen. Amen. We're going to go to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 11. We'll be looking at verses 12 through 14, and then we will skip down to verses 20 to 24. So that's the Gospel of Mark, chapter 11, starting at verse 12, going to verse 14, and then we'll skip down to 20 and 24. I will be reading out of the New King James Version. And it reads, now the next day when they had come out from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. Verse 14 says, in response, Jesus said to it, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. Skip down to verse 20 for me. It says, now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look. The fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you, Father. We thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for who you are in our lives. We thank you for who you are in this moment, oh, Father. We thank you for yet another day that we can open up our mouths and say hallelujah, to your name, O oh Father. We thank you for the ability to come and gather in corporate worship unto you, O oh Father. We thank you for your presence that's here in the midst with us, O oh God. We thank you for this moment that we have come to sit at your feet to hear a word from you. I thank you, Lord God, that you have chosen me as a vessel for such a time as this, O oh Father. But I thank you, O oh Lord, that I shall bring forth this word of none of me, 
but all of thee, O Father. I pray that you would decrease me like never before and increase yourself, Lord God. Flow on the inside of me. May I speak what you would have me to speak, Lord God. Let me bring forth this word with boldness and with clarity, O Father. None of my own strength, but of you and you alone. I thank you for every listener. I thank you for every person under the sound of my voice, O Father, that their hearts are receptive and their minds are ready to hear and receive what thus saith the Lord. I pray, Lord God, that I would not be limited by the words upon this page, but that rhema word shall go forth from beyond this desk on today. I pray, O oh Lord, that you would take the words that come from my mouth, Lord God, and you would use them, Lord God, and transform them into the perfect word for each and every person here on today. Father, I thank you, Lord God, and we serve notice to the enemy that he is not allowed in this place. We seal the doors, we seal the windows, we seal the ears, the eyes, the hearts of every person in this room, that you alone would be the focus, oh Father. I thank you, Lord God, for this word. I thank you in advance that it shall go forth and it will uh, produce, Lord God, and it will perform that what you would have it to do in this place. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. 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 You know, um, for many of us, I know we have a few guests in the house, but guests, you also are family in here. So when I say family, I'm relating to everybody in here, all right? So family, as you know, we are currently in a phenomenal sermon series called Lessons from a Tree. And so today we will continue in this same theme. And so for those who are taking notes, this will be lessons from a tree part three, fruit is for everybody. Somebody tell your neighbor in the house and somebody type in the comments, fruit is for everybody. Fruit is for everybody. So fruit. Fruit. What, what is fruit? I thought about bringing a few visuals, maybe an apple or a banana, an orange, or even something fancy like a papaya. Uh-huh. You know, fruit. We know fruit. Fruit, in its most simplistic and secular definition, fruit is considered the product of a tree or plant that contains seed and can be eaten as food. So it's something that contains seed and can be eaten as food. I don't know if anybody's taken a trip to the grocery store recently, but you might see some interesting items labeled seedless grapes or seedless cucumbers or seedless watermelon. Well, I'm here to tell you on today that they can place fruit as the title, but fruit is not what it is. God is saying on today that likewise, there are some things that are being produced in the earth by even some of his believers that are going forth as fruit by name, but not as it's being. And we talk about it on today. Fruit, it contains a seed. You know, it's interesting when we're trying to determine, Pastor and I have conversations often, is this a fruit or is this a vegetable? 
You'd be surprised that there are some what we may think are vegetables are also actually considered fruit for one reason. They have a seed. All right. All right, so biblically, we can understand that the word fruit can have many meanings dependent upon its context or circumstance. Do I have any Bible readers in here on today? One which may be a fruit, someone may hear it synonymous with that of offspring. It's Mother's Day, so we'll touch on it today, that fruit can be considered offspring, children, the replication of one's own kind. Can we agree on that? So on this Mother's Day, we must make mention that in most species, it is the female unit that has the biological capacity in form and function to sustain seed in her womb and bring it forth to manifestation. Can we agree on that? I did a little too much studying about um, plants um, in preparing for this word, and you'd be surprised the correlation of the human body and its organs with that of a plant's body and its organs. I'll save you the biology lesson. Just know that it's very similar. However, in studying biology and studying botany, which is the study of plants, there is one thing to remember, that no matter the species, it takes two to tango. Can I keep it PG in here on today? So to all the men in the house, I don't want you to ignore me now. I want you to remember that the sermon title is Fruit is for Everybody. Everybody. I said uh, before that we know full well that it takes two to tango. But you see, God set this system in the Garden of Eden way back at the beginning of time as he gave the familiar instruction to not just Eve, but to her and Adam together. In Genesis 1.28, he said to be what? Fruitful and multiply. So from the foundations of the earth, it was decreed that reproduction requires a partnership. My God in here, somebody tell somebody, reproduction requires partnership. Partnership. In the year of systematic breakthrough, understand that the system for bringing forth spiritual fruit in the manifestation of your life cannot be done alone. Come on, somebody. I'm here to help somebody. Maybe I'm just helping myself on today that sometimes we get a little cute. We do. We can be honest or I'll be honest in here on today that we have the audacity to bring forth some things in our lives on our own. I don't know about you, but I've tried it and I tell everybody don't do it. It does not work pastor taught a good word about rest. We heard and went to a concert last night and even in the music industry, there are songs going forth that are telling people that more work gets done in your rest than it does in your hustle. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm here to tell somebody that you cannot create fruit without a father. Mm -hmm. You cannot create fruit 
without a father. Come on, somebody. John 15 and 5 says, I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. I'm going to read it one more time because that thing got good to me. The Lord says, it's in red. I forgot to mention that part to you. I am the vine. You are the branches. He says, don't get it twisted. Right from the very beginning, know your place and your part in this system. He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. Furthermore, he says, if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Now, I want to stop right here because this is where we can get a little interesting. The word of God says, if you remain in me and I in you, what happens is we oftentimes go to him for something and then we hop up real quick when we think it's already gotten started. But we have to remember to remain, to stay, to be planted in him. And then he says, you will bear much fruit much fruit. I'm here to tell somebody that yes, you are producing fruit in your life. You see it, it's going well, but what if I told you on today that God has more fruit for you, Sister Dion. He has more fruit for you, Sister V. He has more fruit for you, Sister Carla. He has more fruit for you, Sister Tierra. There is more fruit for you if you remain in him. And I love it about God because he goes a step further. He tells you what you should do and what will happen. And then he tells you that if you don't do what he just said, that something else will happen. He says, apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. Not just some things, not a little bit or a teeny bit. He said, nothing. Nothing. So that goes to tell me that there are a lot of us who are walking around and doing a whole lot of things and we ain't doing nothing. It looks like something in the natural, but in the spiritual, it is nothing. Woo, my God, fruit is for everybody. Hallelujah, Jesus. Another biblical meaning of fruit is something that relates to identification. Fruit is an identifier. Fruit is an identifier. By definition, it is to um, establish or to indicate who or what something or someone is. By something's fruit, you should be able to know its association. You should know that a banana came from another banana. You should know that by association, an apple came from an apple tree. You should also be able to see connection. You should be able to see that this thing is connected to this thing and it's not connected to this thing. If you have two dogs, you would know that they are more connected than the cat that's sitting over there. It shows connection. Fruit should also, dare I say, show your family. 
fruit should show your family. What I mean by that is when you are producing fruit in this earth, someone should be able to see whose team you're on. Are you on God's team or are you on the enemy's team? And I'm here to break a myth to somebody. Those are the only two teams that exist. There's no in-between. There's black. There's white. There's no gray when it comes to Jesus. He said, I want you to be hot or cold. He said, lukewarm will not do. So there's no in-between. Your fruit should show your family. The fruit that you produce should show that you are a part of God's family. Jesus said in Matthew 7, 16, by their fruit, you will recognize them. By their fruit, you will recognize them. If there was a fruit inspector in the house, would they be able to see that all of us under this sound of my voice and in this room, are they recognizable in the spirit? My God, one author put it like this, that fruit is like a name tag. It is what is on the outside, what is visual and reveals what is on the inside. Somebody say, check your fruit. Check your fruit. Let's go back to the scripture for today. We're going to walk through this really quickly and um, we're just going to pull a few lessons from the tree and I'm going to have my seat. That's all right. We're going back to Mark 11, chapter, uh, verses 12 through 14. Mark chapter 11, verses 12 through 14. Before I begin, I want to give you a little historical context. This occurrence happened during the week of Passover. If you read a little ahead, you will understand that Jesus just made his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. They have already um, gotten the donkey. They have already sat him upon it. They have already said, Hosanna, Hosanna. He is now in Jerusalem, and this is the next thing that occurs. He is into Jerusalem on yesterday, and now on today, he's hungry. It says, now the next day, when they had come out from Bethany, he was hungry. Can we remember that Jesus was human? Verse 13 says, and seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. Now we're going to stop right there. I'm going to give you a little more context here. So we understand that this happened during Passover. So we celebrate Easter in the season of what? Of spring. In studying these fig trees, I came to understand that there are two blooms of fig trees. One is in the early summer, so around June or so. And then they bloom again in early fall, which is around September or so. So this occurrence actually is quite interesting. Because the word of the Lord says back in um, verse 12 and 13 more so, it says, and seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves. 
Now, remember, this is springtime. Usually, a fig tree wouldn't have leaves during this time. However, this fig tree could be an early bloomer. You see, it took me a second because when I read the scripture, I said, well, Jesus, why would you have an expectation of something that wasn't due in that season? And I was determined to find out using science and the word of God to determine how this could occur. What has been found is that this particular fig tree with its foliage, meaning the leaves, it gives signal that it had a bit of maturity that perhaps the other in the bunch did not have. Biologically, they would say that this tree is an early bloomer. And by Jesus seeing the tree from afar, it had to be pretty full with leaves. It wasn't one that just had a few little leaves. It apparently had a lot of leaves. Enough that Jesus actually took the trip to go and see if something was on it. But it says when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. Our first lesson here is that we don't just look the part. We need to be the part. Yeah, God is saying on today that there are a lot of people who are looking real nice. But when you get to the root of the matter, there's no fruit to be found. My God. When he came to it, there was nothing but leaves. And it says, furthermore, for it was not the season for figs. So I went a little further and I said, well, why would Jesus expect there to be figs upon this tree? The leaves indicated that it would be mature, but also the leaves indicated that because there were leaves, there should have been fruit. You know, I went a step further to find out about this early blooming of fig trees, and it's a real thing. There's something called the Braba crop. If you're taking notes, it's B as in boy, R-E, B as in boy, A. Breba crop. The Breba crop develops on the old wood of common fig trees during spring after the fig leaves emerge. The branches which bear the Breba crop are from the previous year's main fig crop production. I'll break it down for you. This fig tree that was blooming with leaves. Jesus went and looked for figs because all of these leaves indicated that if nothing else, it should have had the Breba crop. The Breba crop is not necessarily the main bloom that will come in later June or September, but it was fruit that came from last season's harvest. Ah, my God. I'm here to tell somebody on today that there are some seeds that have been planted in your previous season. That God is saying that even those seeds shall grow. He said to go back to those seeds that you have planted. And with a little faith and a little love and a little harvest, yeah. 
there's even fruit that can come from those. The Breba crop. I declare a Breba crop over your lives on today that there is something that you may have felt that you missed in last season. That God says, go back and look with an expectation that it shall be there for harvest. That's why Jesus went back to that fig tree because it was showing as if it should have fruit. And even if it wasn't the fruit from the main crop that was to come in June, there should have been some fruit from a previous season that he could harvest. My God, God is looking at our lives on today and said there is fruit for every season. Not only is there fruit for everybody, but there is fruit for every season. He says, stop waiting for June to receive your Stop waiting for September to receive your harvest. There is something here in the springtime for you to grab hold to and receive for your life in Jesus' name. Oh, my God, my God, my God, my God. Oftentimes we put timelines on things and we think, oh, well, that was then and this is now. But God says for some stuff, I'm not telling you to go back and get everything. But there is some things that may be in your past season that you did not harvest. Go back and get what God has for you in Jesus name. There is a braver crop that is available. There is a braver crop that is available. Oh my God. Jesus. So that braver crop made me understand scripture just a little more because on the surface level, we would say, well, Jesus, you know, it's not the season for figs. Why would you not only look for them, but then you curse the thing for not having what we thought was supposed to be in next season? If I could use my holy imagination, I would believe that Jesus saw beyond the surface. He saw that not only was this fig tree not fruitful in this season, but perhaps he took a peek into June and he took a peek into September and he saw that it was fruitless then and it would be fruitless then. Fruitless now, fruitless then, he said, you got to go. My God. So I said, so God, well, well, what do you have for your people? Because I, I'll come to encourage you to understand that fruit is for everybody. He took me to some reasons that a fig tree might be fruitless. I have three points and I'm going to sit down. Reasons for a fruitless fig tree. One is age. Age. First Peter two and two says like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. You may have heard a time or two that there comes a point where we need to move from milk to meat. As regards to the fig tree, it says that sometimes the fig tree is not old enough to produce seeds. It says that typically a fig tree will not fruit until it reaches two years old. But it can take some trees as long as six years to reach the right maturity. This is for someone who may feel like they have seed in the ground and they're not seeing any crop. 
oh, your harvest is still available. You may go two or three seasons and not see the recouping of your harvest, but hold on. Some trees take a little longer. Some people take a little longer. Some more lessons may need to be learned before you can reach your full maturity. Unlike it says for fig trees that there's nothing you can do to speed up the rate at which a tree matures, the word of God tells us that there's some things that we as believers can do to begin to move on from milk to meat. First and foremost is studying the word of God. The word tells us that we need to not just meditate, oh, sometimes, but the word says to meditate day and night. It says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So not that you may be able to speed up to your harvest, but you will be to able to increase your maturity by diving deep and remaining in his word. Amen. Number two, another reason that a tree might be fruitless is too much nitrogen. Too much nitrogen. Now, you know, uh, we inhale oxygen and we release carbon dioxide. So nitrogen is not one of those things that are familiar to the human body. But we can look at our lives spiritually and see some things that may be around us that may be hindering our growth. It may be people. It may be places. It may be things. It may be uh, who knows, it could be you in some ways. It's too much of something that is not progressive to your growth. God wants to tell somebody very quickly on today to assess your life and see what that nitrogen is for you. Find out what it is that is hindering your growth. And last but not least, it says water conditions. Water conditions. I, I love this one because it says if a fig tree is suffering from water stress, from either too little or too much water, this can cause it to stop producing figs or never start producing figs. Too little or too much water. Water stress will send a tree into survival mode and the fig tree will simply not have energy needed to invest in making fruit. This thing hit home because how many of us are in survival mode? How many of us are just going day to day, routine after routine, this to-do list to this to-do list to this to-do list, and at the end of the day, we have no energy left to invest in making fruit. My God, the word of God says in John, John 4, 14, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give will never thirst. But the water I shall give will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Somebody tell somebody, drink your water. Drink your water. Drink your water and mind your business. Pastor added that, not me. 
Facebook Live, he says, drink your water and mind your business. I like that, Pastor, you helping me preach, because that'll take the nitrogen out of our lives as well. Sometimes we got too much business of other people's hindering our lives. All right. Whew, my God. You know, when it talks about making fruit, what is making fruit? God is saying that he needs us to reproduce us in our lives. What does that look like? He says in the Great Commission that we are to bring disciples up in the word of God. There should be somebody who can look at your life and see the fruit of your tree to be able to eat of it and be able to then go on and do the same. We are fruit bearers in the house. Amen. I leave you with one thing. Jeremiah 17 and 8 says they will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Be fruit bearers in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.